The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I mean, the draft was out of control from jump, from the opening tip, Vinny. We thought yesterday, this time, we thought, or at least the people that's supposed to know thought, that the first, first three picks were a lock. Uh, turns out Paolo Bancaro didn't even know that he was going to be the number one pick by the Orlando Magic until like a half a minute before Adam Silver called his name. Here's the number one overall pick. Oh, how you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, no, it's I'm, I'm more than excited, man. I, I'm itching to get out there already, for real. Man, ready to work. I'm itching. I'm itching to start competing again. Yes, sir. Thank you guys again. What did your parents uh, say to you? They happen to be here. They're in Times Square. They're right outside the window here. There they are. Your folks outside, man. Um, what? To, oh, now tell me what uh, you see them smiling and happy there. But what did they say to you uh, last night uh, when your name was called? Uh, just how proud they were. Uh, you know, all the sacrifices that I've made that they've made to help me get here. You know, I give them a lot of the credit, you know, on my success. Um, and, you know, just they just told me how proud they were, you know, and how excited they were for me you know, <laughs> to it. get to get started in Orlando. And, um, you know, just, yeah, man, it's a it's a, you know, great moment for, for my family and uh, all. The stadium is here with us now, Jeff. I mean, the Orlando Magic uh, took their nickname quite literally. Uh, and quite seriously and, and, and pulling a trick on all of us thinking that Jabari Smith out of Auburn was going to be the number one pick. So two part question is Jeff and then uh, obviously you chime in next Vinny. What do you think about uh, the magic keeping everybody including Paolo Bancaro in the dark when it comes to their plans for the number one overall pick and more important now that he is the number one pick. What do you think of the fit in Orlando with the young court that they already had in place Jeff? Well, I know somebody made some serious money out there in Vegas. I know that. Uh, but, you know, listen, he had everybody wrong. Like, Jeff Weltman, give him credit. Um, we thought Sam Presti was the most secretive guy, GM in the NBA. It's Jeff Weltman. He did a hell of a job there. Uh, but I think he did the right thing. As much as I like Jabari Smith, he's not going to be able to come into the league and make the impact that Paulo Vincaro can. Paulo, to me has a Chris Weber-ish game, some Giannis in him. He's just so big and strong at 6'10", 250. Explosive, smooth, agile, can post smaller guys, can face up, can do a little bit of everything. I think he's exactly what Orlando needs to get better right away and it translate into wins right away. Ben. Jeff, it's funny. it's funny you say that because I had doubts with Paulo, I felt like his game was almost too polished to some degree that he had to use all the tricks in his bag at the college level as opposed to relying on just some natural gifts to just get it done. Do you feel like he has a lot more room to grow, to develop as a pro early, just opposed to just hitting the ground running? Yeah, I, I don't think that Duke utilized him as much as they could. And I saw him a ton in, in USA basketball. I saw him in a high school game at O'Day. Uh, this dude can take the ball off the glass and go length of the floor. We just didn't see a lot of that at Duke. Um, but again, I, I think he could score from all three levels. He's got to get better shoot the ball from deep. I think he's got about 33% from three. He's got to work on that. But again, physically, he can go into the league right now and against grown men, 30-year-old grown men, he can be the one doling out the punishment. Yeah, well, we know he's already got, uh, you know, his fashion sense taken care of. His arrival shots will be great. Uh, but him with Franz Wagner, um, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter. It's a nice little group that they got uh, there uh, in Orlando. You mentioned Sam Presti, um, Jeff. Uh, finally cashed in a lot of those lottery picks um, last night, starting with Chet Holmgren at number two. What do you think about the night that the Oklahoma City Thunder had? 
I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. You know, and, and well, I, I like Chad. I that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Listen, you know me. I'm not going to sugarcoat. And I yeah, feel oh, bad saying it because Sam's a, a fellow uh, Massachusetts native here, and I've known him for 20 years. But, okay, Chet is a risk. Whatever you want to say about Chet, unicorn, talent, you know, he's got some Anthony Davis to him. I think that's the best comparison for Chet Holmgren on both ends of the court because he can put on the floor. He can make plays. He can shoot it a little bit. He's great defensively. He's long. He's athletic. He's smooth. He's all that. Well, AD is injury prone last I checked, and, and Chet's body is is a fraction of what AD, AD, you knew he could put on 30, 35 pounds on his shoulders. You look at Chet and you're like, I don't know how he can put 30, 35 pounds on. So I worry about, obviously, his durability long-term and also his impact right away. I think guys are going to drive him to the rim. Uh, this isn't the WCC last time I checked. Now, again, I think he could be terrific if he puts on weight. Uh, and then you go with Jalen Williams, another WCC dude. Out of Santa Clara, like, come on, what are we doing here? Then you go with the other Jalen Williams, because maybe you took yeah. the wrong one at, yeah, at, at number 12. I don't know what Sam's doing. <laughs> and then you take Usman Jang, who's, you know, years away and not a shooter when you're the worst shooting team in the league right now. Like, Sam, come yeah. on, man. Like, win. Win games soon. You're not playing for 2028. What you think, Vinny? I mean... I mean, considering the, the sound Presti slander, since we're on the slander train today, well, let's just skip over the Houston Rockets and go right to the Sacramento Kings because they didn't trade number four. I was up under the mindset talking to plenty of teams that they were not going to keep that pick, let alone take Keegan Murray. I understood why you don't take Jay Ivey with all the guards that you have. Why did they hold on to that pick? Or take Ben Matherin. Take Ben Matherin if you want to do that. And, and again, take a dude that can shoot the ball, who's got a higher upside. Keegan Murray's a nice piece. To me, you hit a double there. Swing for the fences. Okay. You're Sacramento. You're never going to get a big-time free agent. Swing for the fences. That's Ben Matherin. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. And he proved he could be an alpha dog for a top-10 team all of last season at Arizona. So... But, but I don't I don't want to quite I'll come back to that four or five in a second though But Vinny, I don't want to quite skip over Houston because we, a lot of people had Jabari Smith going one and Houston ended up with Paulo Bancaro, but I've seen it said and I love to hear you guys thoughts on this that Jabari Smith is the better fit for Houston right now given what they have with green and Porter. No, okay. What do you what do you think about Smith ending up in Houston? I like I like Jabari. And I know, Vinny, I think everybody likes Jabari, right? I think he's got yeah. more Richard Lewis than anything else. You know, this is not Kevin Durant. Like, whoever, Jay Billis, slow your roll, man. Like, don't put Kevin Durant next to Jabari Smith's name. Not yet. Uh, and he's 6'10". He's not 7'1", like, like KD is. Um, I, I like Houston's draft a lot. I think Jabari and Jalen Green can complement each other well. And I love the Ty Ty Washington pick at 29. Absolutely love it. I don't think he was utilized correctly at Kentucky because they had another guard that was ball dominant named Sophia Wheeler. Needed the ball in his hands, a non-shooter for the most part, great passer. I, I love Ty Ty. I think Ty Ty can be their starting point guard. Okay. So back to that. Back to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Benny. You got something else? No, no. He, I want to go back to that Benedict Matherin point because someone mm -hmm. told me the other day, right before the draft, they said, he gives me Anthony Edwards vibes. And there is no player I love more in the NBA right now than the Ant-Man. So if you're telling me that someone could have got their hand, <laughs> actor, ball player, troll, yeah. like there's nobody more entertaining to me with him. Again, can I say, can I say a swear on this or no? Can I use profanity on this? Oh, of course. You know this show, absolutely. Right. Yeah, Ben Matherin has some shit to that's what he's got. And that, that's what Vinny's trying to say right now. That's what he's trying to say without saying it. He's right. So so with that said, how could anybody pass up on him and let him slide to six when this wasn't necessarily a draft at the top where there was just this number one guy? And not to say that this apples to apples, Matherin to Anthony Edwards, but he does give me a little bit of that dog, a lot of that dog in him. I can't believe I just said that, considering how many times I heard that dog in him last night on television. Some of those pro <laughs> counts are terrible, y'all. Come on now. 
I heard I heard Perk was not hitting it on the money with the, some of those comps. I, I, we were doing our own show, but I heard, man, some of those comps were, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where we got them from, but he needs somebody else to, to, to steal from. But, why, but what is it that allowed him to slip, so to speak, to number six? Um, I think, again, I think Sacramento went with the safe route for Keegan Murray. And, and you know, like Keegan Murray would be good. Like when Harrison Barnes leaves, Keegan Murray can probably fill that role and be a good number three guy. But to me, with that pick, if you're Sacramento, you're, you're not shooting for a number three guy. You're shooting for a guy that could be a star. And if you didn't like Jaden Ivey, which a lot of people didn't, a lot of people, again, mm. Jaden Ivey is, is one of those guys that – on the right day, and if he's making shots and making the right decisions, you're like, holy crap, this dude could be a star. But if you catch him on the wrong day and he and he's throwing the ball all over the gym and he's not a point guard and he's not making threes and and he, he just looks like a guy that doesn't really have it figured out yet. So Jaden Ivey is the one that you don't – Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duren, which are crazy because we took yeah. both. I mean, those are two of the, the highest upside. You know, when you talk about – Low floor, high ceiling dudes. Those are the two yeah. pictures you see from this year's draft. Well, because that's what I was going to ask you is like, you know, you, you mentioned catching Jaden Ivy on the wrong night, but did he land in the right place? We know he landed in the poetic place with all the Detroit roots that he and his family have. All of Detroit was crying right along with Jaden Ivy last night. Detroit basketball feels back. We'll see if they could have been rumored. Uh, to, to, to be going after uh, DeAndre Ayton, but with, you know, Jalen Dern, it doesn't feel like that makes a lot of sense, but we'll see. But how did, would you say, I know it's early, but would you say all things considered that Detroit won the draft last night for, you know, just what we know right now, what we think we know right now? I don't know if winning the draft is the right terminology. I think what Troy did was the right move, right? Take a couple chances with the highest upside guys. Maybe, I don't know if they're the two most athletic dudes. I think the Celtics have got the most athletic dude if you haven't seen J.D. Davidson. Uh, I don't think he's going to make the team, but he's a freak athlete. But the two guys that honestly have the highest upside are Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duren. And I love Cade, man. I, I mean, Cade's like, can't miss. I've thought that for years. He's all about winning and the right things. So if there's somebody you want to pair Jaden Ivey with, as a young yeah. player, it is Cade Cunningham. Because, Vinny, if we're going to talk about winners on the draft, you got to talk about losers. And the lowest hanging fruit last night was the New York Knicks. So <laughs> I'm glad to have both the two of the smartest basketball people I know here with me today. Vinny, then Jeff, can y'all please explain to me and explain to New York Knicks fans, for that matter, what the Knicks were thinking. Are, are they, do they know that they're going to get Jalen Brunson out of Dallas? Because that's the only way last night makes any sense. You're asking me to explain the logic of New York Knicks team that has won how many playoff games in the past 30 years or whatever the case may be. I don't know. I, I think my thought was if Jaden Ivey was your guy, and I said this said this earlier today to some friends, if Jaden Ivey is your guy and you know Detroit wants him at five, you go get him at four. No matter what anybody else thinks, you go and get your guy as opposed to trading all the way out and putting all the eggs in the basket of Jalen Brunson, who is a really, really nice player, but not a star. They freed up cap space, but I don't know if they're going to make themselves better in two weeks. Jeff? All right, so Jaden Ivey, first of all, is not a point guard. The Knicks need a point guard, right? Jaden Ivey's great in transition with the ball in his hand, not very good in the half court with the ball in his hand. So that's number one with Jaden Ivey. Number two with Jalen Brunson. Love him. Love Jalen Brunson. Like, all about winning the right things. That's your guy. That's your guy. But, like, Jalen Brunson, last I checked, he, he, he's not, like, a superstar. It's not one of the top. You're not clearing the deck to go get Jalen Brunson, right? He is not that dude. And, oh, by the way, if you don't get Jalen Brunson, how sad is that? You just you hired his dad as an assistant coach. And, oh, right. by the you way. got his former agent as a GM. Kid. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. if you do, is this what happens when you're too close to it? Like, this is this is not getting Kevin Durant's old coach or Kevin Durant's boy on the staff. It's like, are they just too close to the to the forest with Jalen Brunson to see the trees? With all due respect to Jalen Brunson. Listen again, we love Jalen Brunson. I, I think all three of us love Jalen Brunson for what he is. Absolutely, but he's not a franchise changer. That's that's not what he is. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Last thing I got for you um, is it's never too early to look ahead to next year. Help me. Um, help me with Victor. the name here. I got a year. Victor uh, Wimbanyama. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. You got a year to get it right. You're pretty good. I got a year to get it right. Yeah. Okay. I'm close. I got a year to practice. He's the real deal. He's the once real upon deal. A time we could, once upon a time, we couldn't say Atentacumpo. <laughs> you know, it just rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> yeah, this kid is a stud. 7-2 from France. He's skinny, kind of like Chet, but he's better than Chet. He can gain some weight. Uh, everything Chet does, this kid does better. Okay, take it one step further. That's how good this kid is. Okay. But it's not a one-man draft either. There's a kid named Scoot Henderson playing for G, uh, G League Ignite right now. And I talked to Jason Hart, who coached him this past year. And I said, what's the comp? He said, Derek Rose. I said, Derek Rose? Like like, like okay. vintage? Der- yeah, vintage Derek Rose. And then there's a kid at Arkansas named Nick Smith, a freshman, who I saw a ton last summer. 6'4", prototypical wing, can just score the ball big, strong, athletic. There's three or four dudes. Derek Lively, a freshman at Duke. But Victor's the, the, the guy. He's the guy. Okay. Well, nobody better than to dive in the draft with off top than Jeff Goodman, man. We appreciate you making the time. We're going to let you go. Uh, thanks so much, man. Get some rest. I know last night was a grind. You know it's real in New York when you got to release statements explaining to your fan base what you did. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just, that, that says it all right there. Like, hey, just trust us. Like, why should we trust you? And I'm not, I'm not even a Knicks fan, but I, I feel for him. Jeff Goodman, hey, thank I you so much. I got one thing, Mike. Mike, I oh, got to yeah, say go one ahead. thing. Well, let me go. First of all, you know I love you. Vince, you do great work, my man. We haven't Appreciate really it, met. Matt. Thank you. you great, great, great work. I read it. Thank you, all Jeff. The time. Appreciate it, man. I love what you do. Keep keep being you, man. Keep being real. Thank you, man. That's I appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you, brother. That's Thank what I'm you, talking man. about right there. That's what I'm love, talking about. Care, Jeff's good with it. Love you, you brother. Too. Thank you. And sources tell me that Kevin Durant is seriously mulling his future options with the Nets. He's been monitoring the situation over the last several weeks, the last several months. And there's an expectation that Kyrie Irving will now proceed shortly into finding a new home via an opt-in and trade potential situation. And there are, are several teams that he would likely consider. Some of them I reported earlier this week when you look at the Lakers, the Knicks, the Clippers. Those are three suitors that are expected to emerge out of probably several teams that would have interest in acquiring Kyrie, Ir- Kyrie Irving via sign-and-trade. The Nets have until June 29th to come up with an opt-in and trade that would allow the team to get some sort of value for Kyrie Irving. Well, <laughs> the plot thick is Vincent, our uh, our favorite uh, our favorite drama king, uh, Kyrie Irving, um, has a list. <laughs> he has a list of teams. Um, so you just heard Lakers. Clippers, the aforementioned Knicks, the Heat, the Mavs, the 76ers. Now, Woj says that none of those teams have the cap space to sign him without uh, the Nets' help. Um, You know, I'm rooting for him to go back to the Lakers, which I think it was Sam Amick said earlier today that that there's substantive chatter around the league about this Lakers thing becoming a reality. Uh, It just goes to show where there's a will, will there's a way. Um, Now, again, those are the teams who Irving has interest in but he isn't necessarily a priority for all of them. Word is that the Mavs, the Sixers, and I believe the Clippers are not all that interested. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of that. You obviously know more than I do. What do you make of these latest developments? You know what, Michael Smith? I got a list. You know what's on my list? What's on Kelly it? Ro- Kelly Rowland, Regina <laughs> Hall, Regina King. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got uh, if Kyrie got a list. I know where you're going I got my list too. You know what I right. mean? Don't I can, we all? I can yeah. go. I can go high in the sky with the rest of them. You can look, man. Right. What what song do we say? Yeah, high hopes. <laughs> look, look, wish. Look, 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 what song did we talk about yesterday? That was remade. Love don't live here no more. They never yeah. loved him to begin with. You know what I mean? Like 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 Kyrie. I don't think he has ever realized that his value around the NBA was was pretty much limited to his proximity to Kevin Durant. If Kyrie, mm. the talent, matched up with Kyrie, the production, and Kyrie, 
the winning player, if all those things were parallel, those teams would be trying to come and get him. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. We don't know how much Kyrie actually affects winning, which is completely separate from Kyrie showing up, which is completely separate from Kyrie not, not getting injured, which happens a lot of times. So if you're the Los Angeles Clippers, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, why would he go to Philadelphia? First off, wait, don't him and don't him and James Harden not like see eye to eye? You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I, make yeah. it make sense. Now, now, here's what I will say to you. Have you ever had a friend, Michael Smith, that, you know, always happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? There was always a logical reason for something oh, messing yeah. up around this person all the time. Oh, you always had an like, explanation for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, to see what had happened was kind of friend. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's all, I'm telling you, it's always something. And I had a friend in college who called me one day, or at 2 in the morning, rather, and said, hey, you got to come get me. What did you do? Well, see, what happened was I knocked the door down with my shoulder because I was outside yeah. in the snow with no clothes on. How'd you get outside? Right. Well, see, what happened was that's Kyrie. It's always a justification. The micro creates a macro. Every micro has a justification. The macro just yeah, ain't but, adding up on me. Yeah, but the question is, is Kevin Durant the kind of friend that says, Who, whose car are we taking? Kyrie walks in and says, don't ask no questions. I need your help. We're going to hurt some people. Does Kevin Durant say, whose car are we taking? So, Kurt Heelan, I, listen, man, Kyrie ain't worth the trouble. And, and the way I feel right now, if you can get swept with KD and Kyrie last year, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you could do bad all by yourself. And maybe this experiment was, just was never meant to be. So, even if it cost them Kevin Durant, presumably in a trade. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm looking at the bright side. I'm looking at the silver lining. I'm turning this frown upside down, you know, and if, and if and if Kevin Durant, even though reportedly he's like, hey, you know, my name is Paul. That's between y'all. My name is Bennett. I ain't in it. You know, he's uh, whatever assessing his future. If he determines that he thinks he can do better elsewhere, then both he and Kyrie can go be great somewhere else. And if I'm Brooklyn, I'm rebooting rather than invest long term into an individual in Kyrie and a partnership with Kyrie and KD, which so far does not appear to be worth the trouble. Does that make sense? It does. I think, look, I think Joseph Sayoda and Sean Marks have had to have already, frankly, down and had that exact conversation because they built an organization that Kyrie and KD wanted to come to with, look, all the young players they brought up and developed, right? Like, they got Spencer Dimwitty and Karis LeVert and on down the line. Like they built this culture of players who were going to go there and play hard and develop and win. And they built a foundation that those guys wanted to go to. And they took that culture and topped it on its head. Said, hey, all right, KD and K Kyrie, we're, we're whatever they need. We're, we're going to bend over backwards. Whatever you guys want to do, we're going to want to run this your way. You're going to Kyrie's like, we're going to hit. What was his comment after the season? Like, you know, I look forward to helping build this team back with like like a partnership. Like they gave them a power and it didn't work out for them. And I think they're having that exact talk, man. Like, hey, maybe we want to be on the maybe outside. Maybe so bad. Maybe we're willing to it's let it go. So you know, bad. it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. I mean, and I don't. By the way, that's why I think you hear so much smoke and heat around the Lakers, which is they have put themselves in the same situation. They don't have a path. They don't have another right. path right now. It is it, it, their path to being contender this year is get Kyrie. Right. Here, here's, think, here's my. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, was going to say the Brooklyn Nets to me were a colorless franchise before all of this happened. Like, yeah, you acquired some cute pieces, but they weren't a franchise of consequence. But you still go for it and you still make that move, even though it crashed yes. and burned. This is I'm all agreed. worth it because agreed. you had no identity before that. They made themselves relevant. They made themselves a contender. No, I, I, I don't look at it in hindsight to be like it was a mistake. As a matter of fact, I've argued with Michael Holly about that a lot. Whether it's the Clippers going in on Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard, whether it's the uh, the Nets going in on on the on their big three with Harden, I, I'm like, that's what you do. You put yourself in the conversation. But these guys, wait for it, Vinny, ain't getting no younger. 
so we might as well do it. <laughs> it's just one of those like I just, I just kind of feel like you, can't, you, you can't, know what you just, just you can't let I can't it go. help it. You just, you I can't, can't let, let it go. go. But it's just it's just but but as, but as you both know, it's always something with Kyrie. It's just always something. And you know, if KD feels like you know Ben Simmons and whatever pieces you get back for Kyrie ain't enough, then all right, man, so be it. Eventually, you're gonna have to start over anyway. So you might as well start over now, as opposed to trying to fool yourself into thinking that you're a contender. Uh, that you could build it overnight, Kurt. Well, and I think you, I like the Clipper analogy in the sense that, yeah, you're, you're the second team in the market in a way, right? You're not the mm-hmm. most popular team in the market. People want to play for the Clippers. Like they, they treat their players well. That is a first class organization. They are seen as a destination because they're in Los Angeles, because Steve Ballmer can spend indiscriminately, frankly, and they're building a new facility. Like they have a good rep. I think that's may have built some of that same stuff, right? Like if you're a free agent in a couple of years, you might look at Brooklyn and say, you know what? I can make that work. I, I, future free agents aren't going to be scared off by what happened. And I think you're right. They can rebuild this thing around whomever, right? Like they, they go back to the bottom and develop guys, you know, you know not getting Kenny Atkinson back to do it, but right. <laughs> you could, you could well, still me- bring some of that culture back. Well, let me let me let me tap the brakes, not pump them. Let me just kind of tap the brakes real quick and just ask y'all this, because you know you guys both know how the game works. You know how it works when it comes to people leaking stuff for leverage and negotiations, get public. Kurt, I know you've wrote plenty of times, um, you and Dan Feldman at, at Pro Basketball Talk, that people around the league believe that you've talked to that they'll eventually get this worked out. That Kyrie Irving. The $36 million that the Nets can offer him is better than, you know, anything else he could realistically get. He's not going to really realistically leave $30 million on the table, but we are talking about Kyrie. Um, and this is all just a game of chicken, as you've called it, Kurt. Is, but when somebody, puts out, when somebody puts out a list, I said this with Russell Wilson, when his agent put out a list, not last season, but season before, last offseason, that the teams that if the, the the Seahawks were willing to trade Russell Wilson, these are the teams he would go to. I'm like, oh, he's got one foot out the door. It's not a matter of if, but when this relationship ends. Does it feel that way now? Like with every little leak, it just feels like they're not going to come to common ground. Yes. Or could they? At least it does to me. Okay. Vinny, I, I'd be yeah. curious what you think. But yeah, to me, it definitely feels like this went from, okay, it's a negotiating tactic to, no, this is, I mean, could they still work it out? Yes, if this if logic were going to prevail, would they still work it out? Probably, but it's Kyrie, so I'm not necessarily betting on logic. I, I think put it like this: I think it's going so far down the road, and I literally just came to this conclusion maybe in the past couple of days that there's been so many lobs thrown from Kyrie's camp that how do you show back up in that building? I mean, let's be perfectly honest: it ain't like he was showing up in the building every day anyway. You know, he's got more, and I wrote it. He's got. He's got more influence in basketball conversation than he actually does in the organization and the franchise that he wants to have equity in. But equity requires you showing up. So they'd probably rather not have the headache. He probably doesn't want to be there. The person who probably wants him there more than anybody is Kevin Durant. And if Kevin Durant is going full Pontius Pilate, I'm washing my hands of it, then what other ally does he have in the building? Hmm. Is, K- is KD washing his hands of it? I believe that Kevin Durant knows Kyrie Irving well enough to know, hey, if you take it to a certain point, there's going to be no turning back. And Kyrie Irving lit the match and said, okay. So this is it. So this is so just to be clear, is this necessarily a package deal? Does one does does Kyrie walking lead to KD walking or is KD like not necessarily? Okay, no, okay. See, maybe I, no, was, I, I was still, I was still on the, I was still on the impression that if Kyrie left, that that put the Nets in danger of losing KD. No. Is that not the case? I think KD could walk, but I think he, it's dependent upon what they get back for Kyrie. And here's the thing: Kevin Durant is under contract for four years. Like he's not in the position okay. to issue the trade demands and say trade me here or there. And I mean, yeah, we can ask the question: Who's a Kevin Durant away from a title? But at the same time, he kind of has to stick it out. He cares a little bit more about his reputation than Kyrie does or a lot more about his reputation than Kyrie does. Mm. He doesn't want to be looked at as a carpet bagger who, who, who left in a pout because his, you know, wayward friend decided to overplay his hand. 
Ah, okay. That leverage issue is legit too, because if you're a small to middle market team that could never get Kevin Durant, and this is what happened with Ben Simmons and Sacramento getting in the mix. If you're Atlanta right now or somebody like, here's your chance. Like, here's your chance to try to get in on having Kevin Durant when he doesn't have the leverage to kind of force his way easily to you know, whatever major market he wants to go to, whatever team he sees as his next fit, which I, that's a whole different conversation. And I'm not, honestly, I don't know what he'd be thinking on that. So we know the Lakers could use Kyrie Irving. Um, we already talked about that. So the other team, and I'll kind of marry the draft last night uh, with this story, is right across town. Uh, and that's the Knicks, supposedly on Kyrie's list. But they appear to have Jalen Brunson at the top of their list. Uh, much to the chagrin of Knicks fans who wanted them to do something other than trade all their picks last night. So, Kurt, kind of just combining those things, what do you think of the direction of the Knicks, which is so in question that Leon Rose felt compelled to put out a statement explaining their strategy? I love that Leon Rose had to put out a statement to try to calm <laughs> Knicks fans down. That's like, you know, it's a weird thing because like, on one hand, we've applauded the Knicks for not not being so rash. And, and I don't know right. you mean bold, but like, hey, we're not going to throw side. money after Russell Westbrook, right? We're not going to short yeah. think short term. We're going to get extra picks. We're going to leave ourselves flexible. We're going to make smart decisions. But at some points, man, you, you got to take your swing. You, you got, at some point, you got to jump in there. And maybe maybe this draft wasn't it. Kyrie would certainly be it. Although, you pull that trade off and you've got Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Kyrie. You still got work to do. That's <laughs> still, what is that, the yeah. sixth seed in the East? Like, there's still a lot of work to do there. But it makes... That's a lot. I don't know. I, I, if I'm the Knicks, I'm jumping in on that more than I'm jumping in on Jalen Brunson because you know who else has got Jalen Brunson on the top of his list? Mark the Cuban. The Mavericks with more yeah. money in the other year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, – I, once again, I think Kyrie, if you're a winning team, Kyrie may help you get a little bit closer to over the top. But if you're not a good team, Kyrie does not make you a good team or a better team. He just makes you a team that's a little more flammable. That people talk about, right? Or a team that people talk about on programs such as this. Um, listen, Kurt, I know I know you hesitate to uh, to identify like we all do, winners and losers in less no. less than a day, let alone less than two <laughs> or three years outside of a draft. But nonetheless, which teams did you like, and what other teams beside the Knicks did you scratch your head at what they did last night? My big winner, I think, was Detroit. Uh, because Jaden Ivey falls to them. This is, we talked about this yesterday. Jaden Ivey falls to yeah. them at five because look, maybe Keegan Murray fits really well in Sacramento playing off ball out of the system with De'Aaron Fox and, and Tomatis Bonas. But man, that's a lot of talent to pass up in Jaden Ivey. That's a lot of athleticism to let go. Ivey and Cade Cunningham in the backcourt, they go get uh, Duran, they go get a nice center out of Memphis who could be their center of the future. Like, I really like the way that team is starting to come together and be built um, after the after the you know after the grant trade like they've still got flexibility to go out this summer and I don't know are they going to go after and we talked about like hey they're going to go after um, DeAndre Ayton uh, yeah DeAndre Ayton it doesn't yeah, feel I don't necessary know if, are you going to do that now yeah I don't know if that's I don't know if I'm as eager yeah. to do that now but what it, they've still got money that they can spend on players and they can try to go poach a Colin Sexton or somebody else they want to bring, or, or maybe a, another bigger wing. They've got money to go do that now and and build something that's sustainable. Like I just, I think they were the one of the biggest winner last night. Well, before we get to your your, I don't want to say loser, but head scratcher, Vinny. To that point about Jalen Duran versus DeAndre Ayton, could it be that Duran just needs a little more development time, and maybe depending on how mm -hmm, long yeah. you sign Ayton, maybe it's different timeline. So Ayton is just starting center now. Duran comes off the bench. Maybe they could play together and feel like it in today's NBA. I don't know. What do you think? Is it still are they still a player or or not for Aiden? You just have the option, and that's the one thing that this franchise has not had has had has been options to go with an established veteran or to go young. Like Jalen Duran is 18 years old. He's not turning 19 until like three weeks into the season. So you're not going to expect Crazy. him to come in and step in and contribute immediately at a high level but once again this team's timeline is not 
to win right now. I think this team's timeline, if you look at uh, Luka Doncic and Trey Young and John Morant, all those guys made the first their first playoffs in year three. If you got a superstar at that sort of level, year three is the year where you make the playoffs. This is year two for Kay Cunningham. So you can afford to go after DeAndre Aiden because he still fits, but you don't have to be forced into it. You can disperse that money and get some responsible veterans because you actually got a whole lot younger yesterday than even before yesterday when you were one of the youngest teams in the league already. Who confused you last night, Kurt? Besides the Knicks. Besides the Knicks. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Assuming the Knicks. The other team that confuses us every year, um, and I don't even think they confuse me, Sacramento shot, thought short-term. I, I think Ivy, there were other they, – they're thinking about making the playoffs next year. And in that sense, Keegan Murray, who comes out of <laughs> – who can shoot, he's kind of good at – a little bit of good at everything, Right. But yeah, he can yeah. comes out of a system in Iowa where he can walk in and play off those guys and give them minutes and put up points and make them less bad this year. That, that, sh- that short-term thinking is why they're the Kings, man. That's why they are where they are. Rather than, hey, let's, yeah, yeah, we got Fox, but I'm going to take Ivy and I'm going to figure out who's best. And I, if they can't play together, we'll get on with one of them. But I'm going to just take the best player and develop talent. It was a. It was just more short-term thinking from the from the Kings. It's, hey, maybe they get all the way up to the eight seed this year. Congratulations, you can hang a banner. Is there a pick? We've 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 concentrated, obviously, you know, as most people do, at the top of the draft or even the lottery. Opposite of the Knicks and Kings, is there a pick? And not just because of the player, but because of the team that drafted him, that jumped out to either one of you, jumped out to your sources, where you're like. That's a legit steal because in the NBA draft a steal is like pick six or seven, but like I'm talking about like a legit teens 20s hell even second round possibly a steal where somebody was drafted by an organization that not only knows how to identify talent, but also develop that talent Vinny. I hadn't heard anything here. No, I'll I'll tell you what jumped out to me. Mark Williams with Charlotte because they needed a big man. And when I looked at Boston and what Robert Williams III did this year, turning into one of the premier defenders, being able to defend at all three levels and defend elite at the rim, Mark Williams strikes me as somebody that if Charlotte's player development, if they're coaching, wait, don't even have a coach yet. My bad. You know what I'm saying? Even when you do something right, you're doing it the wrong way. But even if, if they yeah. get their coaching right, they get their player development right, that's somebody that I think could actually make an immediate impact for for the Charlotte Bobcat Hornets. <laughs> Kurt? The Bobcats. Um, I'll tell you, the other team that I thought had a really sneaky good draft was, and I, they do it every year, the Spurs, but they get Malachi Brenham deep in there. They get Blake, they, Blake uh, Wesley out of the Notre Dame. They get guys with athleticism, shooting potential. Well, Wesley can't shoot, but they get potential, right? And they're one of the because they're the Spurs. Like you'd be like, they wait three years. Like I, we'll bring them along a little bit slowly. We will develop them. You know, we'll get their shots there. We'll work on their weaknesses. I just think they took three guys in this draft who are just kind of high upside. We can develop them type of guys, and then they're going to. And I'm I'm kind of high on Malachi anyway. I just I think him falling to twenty was a kind of a steal in the first place. But I, overall, I just like the direction of building that that patient building that they do in, in San Antonio. No doubt. Well, I mean, for me, it's Golden State. I mean, was it Patrick Williams, Milwaukee? You know, high, That's nice. High, highly Patrick Baldwin. Patrick Baldwin, I'm sorry. Baldwin, Patrick yeah. Baldwin on yeah. Milwaukee. Highly talented recruit. Didn't play well for his dad in Milwaukee was the story. But I just look at – I don't know much about the kid. I don't know what yeah. I've read. But anytime they, uh, Golden State drafts you, I'm like, no pressure, yeah. no rush. They know how to develop. Uh, we are pressed for time. Kurt, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. Can't wait to talk to you next week because it'll be interesting to look back at the draft and see what kind of, like we talked about with Aiden, what kind of groundwork was laid for what happens in free agency. So we'll talk to you in a couple of days, man. Thanks for your help. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, guys. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Man, as much as I love talking about culture, current events, politics, sports, whatever with Karin J. Phillips, I, I really enjoy talking music with my man. Same as Vinny. So Karin, all week, man, well, all, last three days, we've been having, we've been doing, using these, uh, these music sermon tweets for Black Music Month, which is really 12 months out of the year, but we'll go ahead and play along for purposes of this conversation. So for Black Music Month, we've been doing these daily challenges or whatever. So day 24, on June 24th, this song aged terribly. Do you need a second to think about it, or does one jump to mind? Vinny, I don't know if you thought about it already. Vinny, you oh, go first. Carl, take a second to think about it. Oh, okay, go. I, what you got? I, I got I got two thoughts. One, Alicia Keys' Unbreakable, where she made references to Will and Jada, Bill and Camille, Kamora <laughs> and Russell. Not really the type of life oh, I'm trying man. to live. And Little did she know. <laughs> Little, little did she know. And the other one, you'll really like this one. Shantae's got a man. Now she? <laughs> so nah, she's fine. No, 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 no. She, no, no, because that song was a flex. It was, it was you know, your it man was. beating on you, cheating on you, all that. And it ain't no fun when a rabbit got the gun. Not the reference, <laughs> but just not having one no more. Uh, and she fine. I got one. She's still fine. I got one that's more on a serious. I got one that's more of a, on a serious tip, um, okay. As it relates to today's developments, or really this week's developments uh, within the Supreme Court of these United States of America, is ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. About uh, mm. five stair steps. Uh, yes. Yeah, optimistic, but they got that wrong. And special shout out to Tupac for keeping your head up. You know, and since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when where to create one. We still ain't got that message. Um, so I would say, ooh, Charlie, keep your head up, uh, are not looking very promising in the year of our Lord 2022. And Mike, I got a really <laughs> yeah. bad, and Mike, I got a really bad one that I'm going to say during commercial because it's really, really okay. bad. But Karen, okay. but Karen I'm, what I'm, you but got? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, times is hard right about now. Times is hard. Well, go ahead, Carl. Well, before before I break into my songs to help y'all with the debate y'all were having earlier and, and yesterday, um, Mike, um, "Let's Get Married" is an iconic song. From a legendary group, it just has a horrible message. So both of you are correct. It is a great song. The message is just well, horrible. Well, but let me ask you about this message. Is it the hook? Because we focus so much on the hook. The rest of the lyrics are, are rather romantic, are they not? No, no. Listen, listen. And I, I know all the lyrics. I knew you were going to ask me about the first and second verse, which sound beautiful <laughs> with with Brandon and Brian Casey singing them that they wrote. Um, but if you actually break the lyrics down, and if the love of your life set these lyrics to you, you probably might be like, for real? That's, that's, that's how you got here? Um, so yes, they sound good, but when you analyze them, they don't necessarily make you feel good. Which is why, again, like well I put. said, classic the song. The song sucks, method. Michael Smith. The, the song so, sucks. Let it go like a lot of us black people have let go of the bald-headed man with the sunglasses. Let the song go. But so to answer, a, but to answer yeah. the question of the day, uh, yeah. songs that have not aged well. There are two. Um, Kendrick Lamar told us we're going to be all right. Uh, whew. See? See? Uh, yeah. same, same thing. Same thing. We was thinking along <laughs> the same lines. Yep. <laughs> He, yep, he yep. was giving us a precursor that this latest album was going to be trash when he told us that. See, that's when we should have known. <laughs> um, and the other song, uh, which is one that, you know, let's just be honest. It's a classic, but as we're older, and we're, we're, we're more advanced as a people. So we say, uh, he sweats right in the wrong way. Uh, oh. The opening line to that song. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. yeah. That's we, bad. we can't. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess the guy who shall not be named, his entire catalog could fall into that category. Then. Yeah, his yeah, yeah. whole that, yeah. life. Yeah, we can't listen yeah. to that man until he's dead. Maybe even not then, you know. Yeah. Um, so, 
as I said uh, the other day, the uh, the same song, different verse that is Kyrie Irving. Love to get your thoughts on uh, the Kyrie Irving slash Kevin Durant drama uh, in Brooklyn, Karin. I have figured out who Kyrie is. And as like a black Duke fan and like Kyrie is my favorite player in like Duke history, right? Uh, I support Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, not the man, not the guy who tweets and gets on IG. I like his shoes. I like the way he plays basketball. I have, as Vinny stated earlier, I have washed my hands of everything else he's done, especially someone that used to defend him because I thought he had a really good point before the bubble started about, hey, let's take a beat and think about what was going on. He did. And then he wound up being right because there was a lot going on, and I think that got misconstrued. Don't like the way he necessarily sprung it on the players' union, but I thought he had a good idea about what was going on. Um, yeah, foresight, too. Listen, yeah, but I think we it's, all it's have, have a friend. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, this isn't Doctor Strange uh, in the madness of the multiverse. Um, but I think we all have a friend or a family member or a cousin or a crazy uncle or someone we know that we love and is a really, really good person. But we know their outlook on life and the way they do things put us in a position which is like, if I didn't love you so much and you haven't been there and I haven't been there for you for so many decades, like I wouldn't rock with you. And I think that's the point Kevin Durant is in right now um, because look, would I be shocked if they strike a deal and he stays and this is a non-story in two weeks? No, I will not. But until we get to that point, or if they leave, or if he goes to the Lakers or wherever, I'm not necessarily mad that KD left OKC and went to Golden State. I'm not mad that he went from Golden State to Brooklyn. And he's tried to play with Harden again. And he left Steph. And we've seen what the Warriors have done. And that is going to be a bad rap on KD and his legacy. And people are going to take shots on KD forever. I'm not mad at a grown man making grown man decisions. It's just that goodwill isn't on Kevin Durant's side. It just feels like he always gets to the party at the wrong time. Um, <laughs> all the best songs have been played. <laughs> like the open everybody, bar is Everybody over. then booed up. Everybody then booed everybody up. Booed up. <laughs> he, he missed the whole slow jam set. All the single ladies have been picked off. And every time Kevin Durant shows up to the party, it's like, you know, Ricky Fontaine showing up, but you know, he ain't Ricky Fontaine no more to everybody. That's funny. And that's that's what it feels like Kevin Durant has started into because the greatest KD is, I I am like, it is frustrating to know that, you know, he did this on his own, that when we look at his legacy, when it's all said and done, and there's a 30 for 30 on like this, the most unguardable dude we've ever seen. It's going to be a lot of talking heads on there. Like me, you and Vinny, like, yeah, he was great. He was amazing, but he just kept picking the wrong places to go play basketball and things didn't turn out necessarily right for him. Oh, he only picked one wrong place to play basketball. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with the golden state, but I mean like from, from, from Brooklyn and if he leaves where it say he leaves Brooklyn, like, where can go that is going to make sense. And like, I just don't know what is going to happen with this saga because that's what it turned into. And I hate that it's happening to Katie. No, it's like, it's like, it's like taking a job and moving in a new city and you move your family and all of a sudden their company goes under. It's like, well, damn, I just got here. Um, Hey, Mr. Black Duke fan. How good is Paolo Bancaro going to be in the NBA and specifically with this core that Orlando is assembling? I know you watched every game of his. I I'm I very rarely on top picks in, in any class. It doesn't matter what school they came from. Um, because I think the way this is what the one and done era did to us, right? Um, I'm not mad at the era. It is an NBA rule for a lot of people who are watching this who probably still think it's a college rule. No, this is the NBA's rule. And I said what I said because I don't think we give these kids an opportunity to grow and learn. Um, in this social media era, um, everyone's got a podcast, and I wish people would stop because a lot of these podcasts are trash. Um, everyone has takes. <laughs> We're in this 24-hour news cycle, and it's like these 18 and 19-year-olds, sometimes they don't figure out to 24, 25. 
most of the times they're really, really good players and prospects with talents. And you go to these bad teams the way the lottery is set up. Like, let's look at Andrew Wiggins. For all the things that frustrated us about Andrew Wiggins for years, I will never forget him taking only six shots in his final game at Kansas against Stanford without Joel Embiid. And Tariq Black had to be the leading scorer on that team. It took into him getting to Golden State forward to click because Andrew Riggins was always in bad situations. And he finally got to the right and situation. And wasn't able to transcend him. Yeah. It was it, like he didn't have the teammates and the coaching and the staff around him to put in position to be the guy we saw in the finals. So you're just like, wow, is he really doing this to Jason Tatum every <laughs> night? And I just wish these lottery and top five picks every year could go to places like that to cultivate the talent properly. So yes, Paolo yeah. is amazing. Like, Paolo's been amazing. But I'm also like, yeah. all right, him and Wendell Carter, they could be at the four and the five. But I'm like, all right, you got Cole Anthony. You got Jalen Suggs. Um, you got Gary Harris. Right. You got Mark. He's in, he's, in looking, he's in Orlando. He's in Orlando. And I'm looking at this yeah. roster and the coaching staff and the GM, and I'm just be like, why should I believe that this is the best yeah. place for Apollo's career to make him hey. the star that he can be? Hey, listen, we about to go. Uh, you said a couple minutes ago, you mentioned uh, what's going on. It kind of triggered something. I'm going to say something as we go over the break just to mess with y'all. Early in the week, we talked about covers that are better than the original. You know what I listened to today? These songs for you live by Donnie Hathaway. Vinny, Superwoman. He covered Stevie's Superwoman. No, no, don't I, you dare. Don't Vinny. you dare. Don't you dare. Oh. Don't Not to mention what's like going on. Man. He covered what's going on, Marvin Gaye, and he, I'm t Donnie Hathaway, is right there. I ain't gonna, yeah. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna go so far and say it's better than Stevie or better than Marvin. You, but what's going you, on? Is Superwoman you gonna say, live? You gonna, you gonna say something against Saginaw with somebody from Saginaw on the show right now? That's what you gonna do? <laughs> I'm saying it from a distance. I'm saying it from a distance because I didn't want that smoke up, up close, Karin. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Vinny. Hey, man, it's been a great last three days, especially today with you, man. I needed a distraction. This country is in bad shape and getting worse. When is the change going to come, Sam Cook? Not soon enough. Guns have more rights and protections than women and black and brown people in this country, man. So today was a welcome distraction from the real world talking who's with you. You and Karen Phillips will be holding it down next Wednesday. I will see you next Thursday and Friday, Vinny. Love you, brother. And great teaching. Love you too, brother. We trade. Can we trade? Double dribble. Oh, my goodness. I usually don't lose t-shirt battles, but you got me today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.